I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Man, Audrey, there's nothing better than Friday night. I know. Nice pre-winter. I know. It's First off, like, how did it become December? Like, it's just... I think as life goes on, it just whips by faster. I can't keep track of the time. When you're like anymore. a little kid, it goes, it's like molasses. Right. And so I've actually had a conversation with my father about this. How come every year seems to What's go by? What's his feeling? So his feeling is this. And I think, that it, I think it comes down to a mathematical equation, believe it or not. <laughs> it's, it's all about your overall experience, right? So when you're five years old, your whole world has been five years. So that next year is 120th of your life. When you're 90, that next year is 9% of your life. Your dad is the best. Right. No, I'm like. Your dad is the best. I think that makes sense as to why it goes faster and faster. I just feel like maybe mine's on double speed right now for some reason. No, that's interesting. Unless I have like the mind of like a 100-year-old, not a 46-year-old or something like that. But I digress. But I like the fact that time goes by fast because, Audrey, we get to see some great changes happening here in Pittsburgh. And I tell you what. One of the changes that I think I've been seeing, and Andre, I need your insight on this, but I feel like I've been seeing more women starting tech companies, startups, in I, the past I, few years. Or, or am I just something I'm only seeing a few and somehow that's just dominating my mind? Like, I don't know if there's any hard numbers that show, you know, company formation by gender or not, but I'm feeling like, I'm, I'm feeling like there's more activity. I think of like the, the Leila Zarandos of 412, the Allison Alvarez's of Blastpoint. Lindsay Campbell of Lane Spotter. Like, there's some really cool companies, and really, I see even cooler women that are behind these companies really making some cool moves. Yeah, I think you're probably, you know, I, I would say we've probably gone in tech per se. So the question is, is it tech? Because there is a trend right. that more women are starting their own thing. Okay. Okay. And that, that thing could be strategic consulting, it could be. Like what we've seen in our create cohorts, you know, people who are making stuff yeah, like Knott's Land and mm-hmm. Love Pittsburgh. And you said Knott's Land, one of my favorite companies. I'm just <laughs> going to say it right now. I love her bow ties. So <laughs> the point is, is that I think that the point of entry, the barrier to entry to some of those things yeah. is easier. And I do think that there's a need for more autonomy, uh-huh. gotcha. particularly with women and uh, for an array of reasons. I mean, their parents are living longer. They're having kids older. They, and this is, this isn't anything that's tied to just, you know, sexual preference or, right. but, and I, and I realize that men have these responsibilities as well, but I think that we're at an age where people are questioning. They're questioning what's the mission that they have in their life? How much time do they spend at work? What is it that's going to make them happy? Um, what is it that, and it's more collective. Right. And based on a passion too. And, yeah. And based on something that they feel that they can execute. And, you know, the question is, 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 you know, all the tension that happens in Silicon Valley around the bro-topia, you know, culture. Bro-topia. 
Booktopia. That's, you know, having, that's a book. So, you know, what's happening out there is a problem um, collectively, and you can see the backlash. You can see that even Google had a, had a peaceful walkout, yes. you know, a few months ago, know, questioning right. questioning some of the, the severance payments to people that may have uh, done some things that weren't so terrific. Exactly. But... So I think that there's a collective conversation around who people work for, what they work on, and what really matters. And when you're in an economy like one that we have now, where there's sort of people who have high skills, high skills meaning they either have gone to like a Carnegie Mellon or University of Pitt and they come out of there with, you know, a high amount of um, sort of quote-unquote achieved demonstrated competencies that puts them in, you know, in a desirable market that you look at the women who are coming into those fields is not the same number. Carnegie Mellon has done an, an incredible job by making sure of gender parity, particularly in, com- in computer science. And many companies like, for example, Duolingo will not recruit from a college in computer science that does not have gender parity. So until companies start to drive the behavior like that, then we'll start to see some shifting. But the other piece is that when you're in tech today, you don't necessarily have to be someone who is doing .NET or Java programming. Right. No, it, it's, is it's... GitHub. You can, you can be in tech and very easily master something and do quite well and and navigate right so the 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 ability to enter particularly into some of the digital tools is easier and so i think that we're seeing a lot of women saying i could do that myself why do i need to go right. yeah why do okay. i need to go interesting it makes a lot and of sense do that differently we see that like emily mercurio which with um civic mapper with civic mapper she has you know a geospatial geology background and, and and mapping, and she finally just said, "I'm working, you know, for all these other people. I could probably build this myself and and figure out a strategy and practice, and I can have some flexibility right. in terms of being a parent." Exactly, being able to. Bring so it's 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 not just one particular path, but I think what's really interesting is the amount of conversation and the amount of reaction that we're getting in terms of. What does it mean to have a diverse workforce? What does it mean to be an inclusive culture? What does it mean when, you know, the women, you know, are in executive leadership roles? Because I was on a pan- moderating a panel not too long ago, and someone said, well, we have a lot of leaders um, that are ex- executives and CEOs that are women in Pittsburgh. And I <clears> said, yeah, not really. We, they're all in roles that are either civic-minded Nonprofit or community focused. Yeah, I remember you raising that point. I thought that was really interesting. That right, yeah. they were in that sector, not in the tech sector. Not in the tech per sector se. per right. se. Right? There's not. You know, there's a few we saw in Tech Fifty that were women leading. Well, it was fantastic because Teresa Huber was the CEO of the year. Right. She leads up Interval, which is a manufacturing, a very tech right. intensive manufacturing, yeah. and company. very passionate about our culture. Yeah. And very passionate about. You know the work that she's doing, and she's coming up on a future uh, future broadcast. Yeah, Tech it'd be Radio. very exciting to talk scheduled. to her because I think she's yes. definitely doing some things. You know, absolutely. I think the most important thing to me, mm-hmm. Jonathan, and perhaps to our listeners, is yeah. really just talking about this. Really, just I like that. having conversations about talking about it with no expectations, right? And understanding what the other side and letting is doing, every, and letting making, a review be heard. Well, right. 
because we have to be careful. I mean, I like white men, right? I mean, I like black men. I, I like, like I like I like people. men. I like, I like people. you know what I'm saying. I want them. I like working with them all, right? And I don't want to say that it's not it's not their time either, right? It's exactly. all of our time. I just come to the aspect of it's people who've got bright minds that want to give back, right. that want to contribute, that want to move things forward, and leave it at that. To me, that's well, the easiest way to go about it. I think what's very interesting is that it's really important to have perspective. If we don't look right. like our customers, then we probably are losing perspective. Very good point. Absolutely. Okay. And yeah. if we don't know what their likes are, then how do we know what to sell? Exactly right. And that's why diversity matters. It absolutely does. So, Audrey, on tonight's show, I appreciate your insights on this, and we should keep having more conversations like this on Tech Vibe. So, on tonight's show, we have Kurt Wadsworth stopping by tonight. Ah. Yeah, man. He is with 310 Consulting, and he now has his search platform up for all things around intellectual property. We have John Manzetti. He's eating the elephant one small piece at a time. Rumor has it, it goes great with barbecue sauce. We're going to learn all about his new book on Amazon. And we have John Miller from Real CIO stopping by. This guy is paying it forward when it comes to IT skills across the community. Hey, we're taking a quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council heading on our 36th year helping our region's technology companies succeed. We just love it. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. You know what, Audrey? Sometimes it's really cool to sit back and read a book. You can learn stuff. I love that I got, I counted. I have like 30 books in between my two nights. You once once had an interview with somebody and they were asking about all the different things that you were reading. I know, that was And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm a bore. I'm I'm a a bore. I I can only handle one book at a time. Well, that's the difference between you and I. You can multitask with books and I cannot. (laughs) So we have an old friend in the house right now. And an author as well, too. And an author. Yes, absolutely. And an investor and a startup guy. I know, a little bit of everything. And he wears his pajamas all day long. But But, we're happy that who cares? Until now. Until now. Until now, right? (laughs) And now he has released a book. Absolutely. Based on a lot of his experience. And... uh, He's taken the time to put it together, which is not easy. Exactly. And uh, it's self-published? I have a publishing company, yeah. You have a publishing company? Done with them, AM Publishing. Okay. Very cool. So good. But you got small bites of the elephant. Introduce yourself. Yeah, Yeah, John Manzetti. How's everybody? (laughs) (laughs) So the title of your book, Small Bites of the Elephant, it's kind of provocative. Yeah. Yeah, And I kept thinking to myself- How's that go with barbecue sauce? Yeah, well, yeah. and then that's like it's not a cooking book. <laughs> you need you need an elephant one bite at a time, I guess. I Ex- exactly that. right. Yeah. So so that, what that's prompted how you, solve business you? Problems. So how did so, what prompted you? And let's get let's just sort of dive yeah. So in. back in 2016, right at the end of my CEO gig at the greenhouse, mm-hmm. um, Pittsburgh Life Science Greenhouse, yeah, or the PLSG, is that people all I won an award from Smart Business Magazine for uh, local. Entrepreneurial efforts and right. innovation mm-hmm. and um, growth and so forth, and they asked me to uh, write some articles. Okay, so okay. So this is based on the articles that you wrote for uh, for Smart Business. Yeah. So oh. I started writing articles. And I'm thinking, wait, wait a, a second, there's a lot of stuff here, right? I know. So I'm writing them one at a time. I'm thinking, wait, wait, I should put them together. And you know, back in a long time ago, my wife always said, "Well, you should, you know, these these things you tell me about are pretty interesting. You should write them down and publish them. Some write a book. Exactly. So I did. Very cool." I mean, you. I mean, tell our listeners about your experience first off. I mean, you've got some serious roots when it comes to business building. Like you said, 
startups, life sciences companies, yeah. you name it, you've been there. So you've seen it, you've lived it, you've been in the trenches, and you're in the trenches now with a, with, with, yeah. with a tech startup. So. Yeah, I started manufacturing out of school, and I worked there in, in finance and went into production for a while because I got bored with finance, back to finance, and then back to Pittsburgh Okay, 30 years ago. 30 actually, years ago. Kind of today. Really? Okay, cool. And uh, for Carnegie Group yeah. and AI company, so... But I know about an AI company. I'm right. CFO there. I okay. Didn't know something actually because we started one in Ohio. Right. For, right. Uh, for, for boiler uh, boiler controls in uh, in the power generation, and I came here um, and worked there, and then went into healthcare as a CFO, took over and and got deeply involved into that. And, right. So you've really uh, seen very passionate really about seen that. the ins and the outs of what can go wrong with a company, what goes right with companies, what leads to success, what leads yeah. to doom and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. And so maybe give us some just a quick overview of the books our listeners can kind of get. What, what are some of the key takeaways, some things that you're kind of going over that I want people to go out there and go to Amazon. First of all, you can go to Amazon and get this book, which is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you, or if you go to Manzetti Group as well, too. Manzettigroup.com. They'll get you a link to Amazon. Or, or go to Amazon if you just type in your name in Elephant and you it comes right up. <laughs> exactly. It's very <laughs> simple to come get. Up. There's also a very cute elephant all the beneath that as well, too. Yes. Sauce. And the barbecue sauce is like the third page in. So if you put yeah. this together, you have a meal and a book yeah, and absolutely. everything. So I digress. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> let's let's... Let's talk about some of the key points in there because yeah. there's a lot to cover. Let's and I want to make sure they're getting our first getting, bite. Our first yeah. bite. Yeah. So you know, I, I broke the book down into into four different sections. Uh, the the bulk of it is business management, dealing with particular topics like okay. finance and accounting and legal and marketing and uh, sales. Well, and, but what are you surprised about that people really tend to not know about? What's what surprised you? Um, yeah, I, I guess people in general think. And the problems are just so daunting and so overwhelming. Right. Mm. And they can seem to be, certainly for an entrepreneur especially, right? Right. Especially a fundraiser. I just posted something when I was sitting in your lobby there waiting uh, for you and posted something on uh, about the book about the fundraising chapter. A couple mm. of weeks I put something out there. And That's always a fun. Fundraising's tough, right? Oh, my God. So oh, yeah. I was teaching a class at Geneva a, lot, a couple of weeks ago on the book, actually. Mm-hmm. They, they bought the book. And, ah, so it's, 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 uh, is doing the same thing. Oh, it's mandatory nice. reading for the students yeah. then. Very cool. So I talked to these you know, 19 year olds about fundraising. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, this one, this one kid in the right, right in the front row, you know, threw up the hand for the first question. He was all dressed up in white shirt. And everybody else looked like me today, but they right. did. In, in his pajamas. And, <laughs> my pajamas. And, uh, <laughs> he asked a very great question about how do you raise capital? I thought, well, that's, that's the best question you could ask me because right. it's tough. And, um, Lots of sources. You have to know your material. You have to get out, you know, all the things you need to know about raising capital, different forms and notes and equity and loans and, you know, mm-hmm. freebies, grants. Um, the, the good thing about being here in Pittsburgh, I think I said this in a book, is if you're here in Pittsburgh, you got a lot of that around you. There's a lot of partners. That's one of the chapters. Definitely. Um, Innovation Works, PLSG, others. Mm-hmm. Lots of sources of capital, grant money. Uh, Local foundations, uh, PLSG Innovation Works, and, and, and those absolutely as well, and good old customers, customers, friends. Um, you know, I mean, you can you can network very well here. There's a lot of uh, people who have made money here in the region who are dedicated to building the region, and you you can get money from them to start a company. That's a good spot to do that. So that's how I started raising money for the Accelerator Fund was going to those right those people mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, you know, I, I I learned that people think think the problems are just too hard to tackle. They're they're not. You, you need need help. You need to know how to find that help. Somebody asked me yesterday. I was, actually, it was Bill Flanagan was on his show the other day, and uh, 
Oh, you know, how do you find partners? Well, you network and you, you go to places like you, you guys right. handle right. Uh, very, various networking events. You meet people, mm-hmm. you ask around, you go to your accountants, your lawyers, and people you know, and you, you people you trust. You put yourself out there. You people get, are very, it's a, it's a hard thing to learn to ask for money, right? And then all of a sudden yeah. you're in this space. And it becomes your life. somebody and it becomes to an hand over their hard earned money. Right. <laughs> it's the toughest thing you're going to do. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So what, what advice do you have for actually doing that? So after you've met someone. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I've got four or five companies now I'm helping to start up. And actually, I started up one myself. And the thing you need to do the, 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 the first in, in the most detail is to build a plan that's understandable in your own words. Um, my first uh, cust- customer, I guess, asked me about helping build a business plan. I said, I'll tell you how to do that. You need to do it. It's got to be your work. You need, to, you need yeah. to feel it. You need to own it. It's got to be yours. your thing, right? And yeah. once we get that core, then we can fine-tune it for investors and talk about you know, cash flows and targets and mm-hmm. run rates Absolutely. and ramps and competition yeah. and margins and things that are – you get down into the weeds. Yes. Yeah, so We've got, we got a couple of minutes left in running. We're talking to John Manzetti, author of Small Bites of the Elephant. And dare I say what, I make, what makes this book very digestible is the fact that it's quick read, it's fast, and it's very actionable. As far as that goes, you can get through it probably in a couple of days and really take some, some key chunks home. And I think the big takeaway for me is that everything you, you come across is something that by actually looking at something and breaking it down into smaller pieces, you can start tackling things bit by bit. Did you say, am I, am I correct in my assessment? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the purpose of the book. Yeah. To take things in small mm-hmm. bites and digest them. And break them it down, and, learn how to break it do down. Things, do things one at a time, do them in order, don't take on too many things at one time, although you... You tend to do that in the business. Yeah. And how do you ever, not do that? Yeah, it's 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 impossible not to do that. Right. But you have to be a little bit focused. Exactly. You, know, you can't just do everything at once. It's just mm-hmm. too many deadlines. Are and if in all doubt, smother it with ketchup and it'll be fine. Yeah, and find yourself a mentor. Right. And Absolutely. so, okay, so the book is available on Amazon. Right. It is Small Bites of the Elephant by John Manzetti. Absolutely. He has been a long figure in our ecosystem of sure. tech and innovation and life sciences. And uh, and just many other sectors as well. He is definitely trying to impart his, not only his advice, but really his years of experience in seeing things that have, that have failed. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. did you do you have fun? Did you have fun writing this? I did, actually. It was, um, I wrote it on my phone mostly, sitting wow. in a chair. And, on uh, your phone? Tap, tap, yeah, tap. Sitting in a chair, having a scotch, you know. There you go. On the back on a deck in the afternoon after <laughs> Perfect. work. It sounds right, awesome. Right, you know, ring out a chapter and then go fine-tune it with some, some edits. Love it. Hey, we're wow. out of time. John, so glad you could join us today. Once My again, pleasure. John Manzetti, author of Small Bites of the Elephant, one of Pittsburgh's really entrepreneurial and tech godfathers here with us. <laughs> go check him out on Amazon or manzettigroup.com. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech.org. You know what? One of the best things, Audrey, I think about doing this show is the fact that we get people, we have repeat customers here on Tech Vibe Radio. And it was maybe, I think, six, seven, eight months ago, we had uh, Kurt Wadsworth on with us and uh, working on some really cool stuff in the, in the whole space around intellectual property. He's with 310 Consulting. And I'm so glad to have you back because you're making some news, Kurt. I am. You're yeah. making some news. And we were all, I mean, you're, you, you sent me the press release. I'm like, dude. You gotta stop back the show and tell us about this groundbreaking stuff that you're now working on, as far right. as that goes. So, and anyhow, of course, I jumped at it. You did. You said, "I'll be there." I'm like, "Absolutely!" And you came in as an injured person. 
I did. You have, you're like, you've, uh, you had like a medical procedure on your foot. And I was like, oh my, I thought like you lost your whole leg. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Well, I still have most of it. It just doesn't work. He always laughs. It always cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, how does a guy laugh with his academic background? I was very concerned for you, but I I see you're you're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) It's because of it. Yeah, right. We're we're glad you're on the road. Yeah, let's just sort of jump in and talk about what's happening. Talk just quickly, remind everyone about your company. And then what you jumped in. So last time I talked to you about uh, my IP company, 310 Consulting, and we were consulting with startups and small businesses on how to develop a good patent portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still doing a lot of the patent prosecution around those companies that I'm working with. And a lot of what I talked about was how to do a better search to get better, um, uh, yeah, to get a better understanding of what's out there before you file your patent application. Because I think that's really a key yeah, to improving <laughs> like your patent portfolio. Your yeah, exactly. Money. Right. Um, what happened in the time since then, uh, I met a CMU professor, uh, Mike Seamus, who is also a patent lawyer and one of the most interesting people in the world. So you should definitely have him on it. How many point. beers did you have during Wait, this first conversation? Another What's patent that? attorney you think we need to find interesting? Oh, yeah. No, patent attorneys are crazy interesting. You should, you could probably just do a podcast on patent attorneys. Oh, we will. Yeah. Does he laugh as much as you do? Uh, not as much. He smiles a lot, though. That's but, yeah, funny. no, he's, he's definitely a good guy. But uh, he had a bunch of ideas for improving the way that searches are done. So okay. he's in the Language Technology Institute. So wow. he works a lot with natural language processing and that right. sort of thing. Uh, so we had a couple of conversations, and eventually I was like, yeah, I would be stupid not to kind of take this and run with it, okay. right? Because he's looking, basically looking for somebody to kind of take the ball and just go. So, so fast forward. Yeah. So fast forward to now, we developed a working prototype over the summer with CMU students in the E uh, Masters of Business program. Mm-hmm. So they're... Uh, uh, they developed That's a working an product. MBA. Uh, no, it's not an MBA. It's oh. the E-Biz. Oh, M- okay. Yeah, some- got like, it. I, I didn't really ever get that acronym, right? So I don't know. They were really <laughs> You're smart just a patent people. attorney. Yeah, I know. I mean, how can I do everything, right? <laughs> Honestly, we, we're not they expecting. Ask, they ask enough we're, of you as it is. <laughs> we're proud of you. We're Thank proud you. of you, but we're not expecting. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Nobody is. That's why it's great. <laughs> Tech Vibe Radio, no expectations. <laughs> it's perfect for me. Exactly. Yeah, so if you've just dialed in, we're listening. We're having a chance to talk to Kurt Wadsworth of 310 Consulting, uh, who is an IP attorney. I'm thinking maybe some of the stuff they gave him at the hospital might be in his system. I know. I wonder uh, I if think it he is. Might be right, right, good actually, mood. I, I, this is more or less normal, at least That's I good. think so. I like, we, need, we need more folks like you, Kurt, because we need people who are laughing and having a good time. And, yeah, you got to have life. a good time. So this is That's exciting. Sure. So, so you developed this search engine, and it's got some a little bit of artificial intelligence driving it. Oh, yeah. And you named it Dorothy. Right. So wait, first off, tell us how this platform works, and then I want to know, why did you name it Dorothy? Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, the platform works by using natural language processing. Okay. So there are two key things that patent attorneys find difficult and yeah. that are real pain points when you're performing a search. The first is identifying which results are relevant. So when you do a keyword search, you tend to get lots and lots of references that you either try and parse down by looking at specific uh, parts of the application, claim, abstract, you know, that sort of thing. So if I wanted to search for, like, robotic nacho arm, because I've had this idea, as Audrey and I have often talked, is it patent that someone has developed a robotic arm that uses uh, 
a certain type of technology that allows it to grasp nachos very tactically. No, we have a different solution. Up. But I know we, we have a whole new solution now, but I'm still thinking of the first solution because he's stuck. He's developmentally <laughs> stuck. So let's just well, that's uh, a good example, though, right? See? So if you're looking for a nacho arm, right? right who knows that somebody didn't already create right. a uh, a Tostitos arm, a Tostitos or arm. a corn chip arm? It was part of the 1984 Super Bowl, actually, as a prop. I think. I think yeah. you might be right, yeah. actually. <laughs> I'll have to dig back in the archives for that one. Well, let's do a search on Dorothy and find out. Right. So the way Dorothy works is you take just a description of whatever it is that right. you're making, the nacho arm. And how long? So like a whole description, you think? A whole description. Oh, ah, okay, cool. Like a paragraph, a paragraph. in actual prose. Uh, drop it into the search box. Yeah. And then it takes that query and performs a search using, well, so we use a lot of machine learning to develop this giant thesaurus of technical terms. Wow. So you don't have to worry about looking for, you know, Tostitos or corn chips or Frito arm, right? Just by saying nacho arm, the components of a nacho would automatically be So the searched. hierarchy will be allowed you to have a wide search. Right. And those terms are weighted. So certain terms will get more weight than others. Um, but it's not- Is this perfected yet? It works. So I, I wouldn't say perfected. I love this guy. But it, it works. Yeah, so cool. we're actually working with another crew of uh, CMU students right yeah. now to perfect it. That's what I'm talking about. You just yeah. make me laugh. I just love this. This is so I, cool. You. you just make me laugh. Like if you want to work with someone who is a ton of fun, Hang out with uh, Kurt. Hang out with Kurt. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Nothing will. He'll well, give you. He'll give you IP expertise so. and a couple chuckles while you're at it. Right. Yeah. And now I'm learning about artificial intelligence, intelligence and machine learning, and I all know. sorts of crazy so, stuff, so which makes awesome. you a better patent attorney. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have it's a true. patent on this, correct? Yeah. Did you use it to search itself <laughs> and see if it's actually out there? And the whole system melts down. It's like cannot compute. No, like most great patents, it was filed two hours before the presentation. Of course. The students gave. So, oh my God. I had to cover myself. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> before, before it was out there in the public domain. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, this whole thing about artificial intelligence is, is you know, you've definitely been pleasantly opportunistic, excuse me, in in sort of grabbing this as your domain expertise. So if people are out there and they're working on anything, why would they call you? What would be the kind of problems that they would be trying to solve? Um, That's a good question. And it's kind oh, of- I asked a good question. You did. I'm so glad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Look, look at that. Uh, so we're looking at a lot of legal questions right now, and it's kind of interesting because it's kind of blossomed right. from just doing patent search. Um, now, uh, Mike Seamus actually is putting together an AI group of lawyers or AI legal. Okay, I'm scared wow. now. I'm yeah. scared. But I mean, if you think about it, especially when you're talking about natural language processing, there is so much information in the law that is written because every opinion oh. is completely written out. So wow. if you can start parsing that inf data right, and compiling right, right. it, you can really start building these kind of crazy workable uh, databases and search engines to find things really quickly so and put what, numbers to so things that are- So people are listening and they have an idea, right? Mm -hmm. They should reach out to you because- Oh, they should. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then there's the patent side of things too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm still and looking listen, for startups that I can help build their portfolios. Right. Right. So, yeah. 
yeah, reach out. I, I, pretty much everything now. Like I was focused on biotech, and now I've kind of moved out of yeah. biotech and into. I have a couple of uh, ag tech companies that I'm working with. Which is yeah, ag tech is happening here awesome. in Pittsburgh now. Which I think oh is yeah, it should be. Yeah, exactly. it really should be. I mean, that would be part of our in our DNA. Yeah, it should. One be. would think, right? I mean, and it's it's amazing the stuff these guys are doing. I know, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so I, I don't know. Running us, we're talking to Kurt Wadsworth from 310 Consulting. Kurt, people want to learn more about you. Where can they go? What's the what's your website? So we have the Dorothy website, which yeah. is uh, Dorothy D O R O T H Y hyphen A I. There you go. Dot com. Yep. Uh, and there's also 310consulting.com. Yeah, I want people to be able to, to know to connect in with you because you can be helpful on many different levels. So, right. what, I, so what I'm really curious about is now, as you're helping these entrepreneurs, you now have access to this very powerful search engine that you can put to good for them. Right. So is this something that you're also going to scale out and like license to like law firms to have access oh, yeah. to to use? And that, that's kind of your end game on this? On yeah, this that's the end game on that. So we're going to start selling, hopefully, to... Uh, to law firms beginning in January and February. Okay, cool. Um, so we're working with TrueFit right now to put a nice user interface. Make on it all it. make it all looking good and working nice and smooth and right. And to kind of add usability components, like huh. one of the things that we're really focused on is yeah. making the search engine more interactive. So it's oh, not so cool. much. Yeah, no. I, and once we started talking about this, this was just such a good idea. So rather than just getting a bunch of search results, looking at it, and then mm-hmm. trying to figure out what words you want to change in your search query. Um, what we're doing is giving you a list of, uh, potentially giving you a list of references, and you pick the ones that are good and the ones that are bad. Ah, okay. We take that information and then re-rank everything to improve the quality of that, that search list. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, um, and, and then, then also then the, graphical interfaces and that sort of thing. Very cool. So this is very exciting. I just love, I, that's why I love having you stop back on the show because you started off, you came, you, you saw what you're doing, how you're working with, you actually just split off and started your company at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were a little nervous. We could tell. I'd be nervous too. Mm-hmm. But now like you're, you're working with startups. You've now patented this really cool AI-driven search engine. Getting ready to sell it and put it onto the market there for other law firms to use, and I just think it's very exciting for you. Oh no, it's super yeah. exciting! Yeah, I started out with one company, now I have two, and I'm kind of in the middle of a bunch of different things. That's so. what I'm talking We're proud about. of you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I and appreciate that. I think uh, we need know. more of you out there doing what you're doing because that's Except what's making you need Pittsburgh. to be careful. <laughs> I try yeah. to be careful. I really do. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Yes. All right. We love it. So once again, your website one last time, Kurt. So people can, uh, Dorothy can check AI, out. Dorothy-AI.com and uh, 310consulting.com. And you can look me up on LinkedIn. Of course. Uh, Curtis Wadsworth. I'm all over the place. I, at least I try to be. You are. We uh, appreciate so. it. Awesome, man. Thanks for stopping Perfect. out and hanging with us tonight, man. Much, hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. And good luck with 2019. It is right around the corner. I know. It's going to be a great year. It's blowing my mind. I can't, I can't <laughs> handle year. it. Absolutely. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio, bringing you the men and women that are really making Pittsburgh be the great city that it is. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us, pghtech.org. Tell you what, Audrey, this Friday night has literally been a showcase of friends and family on Tech Vibe Radio. We had John Manzetti on tonight, Kurt Wadsworth, all folks who've been on the show before, folks that have you know written in our magazines and just been hanging out with the council for many, many years. And our next guest is absolutely positively no exception, John Miller here from Real CIO. So glad to have you in the studio. I think this is the first time you've been in the studio with us, right, John? It is. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is it? 
It is. Yeah, he's, oh, he's been he's okay. been he's been one of he's been one of our contributing writers for Maiden PA magazine, bringing CIO insights to our readers. I think he's been doing that for a couple of years now. Just kind of nuts. Time's flying by. Like it's, it has. It's, it's been it's been two years. It's gonna be 2019 in a few weeks, and it's a little like whoa. We were just starting off the show saying, wait a second, a little bit of a time warp going on. But anyhow, we're glad to have you in the studio and really talk about some some cool stuff that you've been working on and really how you're doing lots to really help kind of move things forward and pay things forward, for lack of a better term, in the, in the world of CIOs out there. We are trying. Absolutely. So first off, your background, you got a really cool background. Well, I, uh, I've i been in IT for 42 years, all in Pittsburgh. 42 years? Well, I, I wow. know. I, you'd never know it by looking at me. No. Uh, but I've been in IT for 42 years, uh, 20 of it as a CIO or in a CIO role. Right. And um, I was the uh, um, the Pittsburgh Technology Council um, Enterprise CIO of the Year in 2011. was a great honor. That 2011, right. see, once again, time flying by hmm. way too fast. It was quite, it was yeah. a while ago, but it was uh, an, an evening I'll never forget. That's great. No, that's an honor well-deserved. That's one of our biggest events of the year, our CIO of the Year Awards. And that's actually, we should remind people, Audrey, that there's still time to nominate for there the 2019. That's right. So, oh, my gosh. Good. It's closing soon. It's right. closing soon. Just saying. Yeah, but it's, that's it's, crazy. it's on the way. So I digress. Yeah. And your most recent gig was with a uh, pretty big manufacturer, right? I was. I was the VP of Information Technology for American Textile. Yeah. Now it is a um, a utility bedding company headquartered here in Pittsburgh, uh, coming up on ninety four years. Whoa! And they're in Duquesne, right? They are in Duquesne. So I ride my bike past there all the time when I'm going along the Great Allegheny Passage, heading out towards McKeesport and there yonder. And actually, the uh, that trail was yeah. broken. There was a little tiny piece that was not connecting okay. between D.C. and Pittsburgh, and, right. and American Textile donated ah, the last parcel oh, of he's, land. Exactly. He's ridden that. Oh, many times, yeah. And so that's good to know wow. that they did that. And you're well, let's just let's program. jump into what you're up to now. Yeah. So you have real CIO consulting. I do. And uh, essentially, you know, listen, the market's interesting these days because it's pretty close to perfect employment particularly in tech, and people who have experience um, being a CIO, you know, that's sort of an important thing, like understanding architectural roadmaps, understanding digitization, figuring out ERPs, whether or not to or not. I mean, it's just sort of an interesting world. It's not like like we're discussing bring your own device anymore. That's like so passe. That's true, and there are so many people that are – are new to the field of being a CIO. There are so many companies that the IT infrastructure is growing to the point where CIOs are needed, yeah. and we have people that are being CIOs that have never been one before. Right. And it's a, it's it's not an easy job. It's you you have to have a lot of experience in a lot of different technical areas. Mm-hmm. And it's it is not a glory job at all. It is not. No, it really isn't. I mean, it's great strategically to be able to work on it. On the issues, but it's you know it's really nuts and bolts of of um, making sure things are working, and making sure that people have access to what they need all the time. This whole thing about ninety nine point nine percent uptime and it it's to everything. It's not just you know the operating system. It is, and and from a CIO perspective, um, I always looked at the job as being. You have to be seen as the strategic partner to the executive team. Right. You provide business strategy. You support right. their business strategy. 
But from the IT side, you need to be seen by the team as the head technologist. Right. And, uh, and that's a really tough uh, line to walk. Sometimes. Right. You have like legs in both camps going on. But it's hard to keep up with that. Right. I mean, it's hard to keep up with your technical prowess at the deepest level. But I think it's possible as long as you're a good systems thinker and understand the basic operant. Oh, it's of, absolutely of, possible. Yeah. So, you know, people who are, are listening, it, you know, the, here's a guy who not only has a lot of experience, but he's actually out there ch- keeping up with what the trends are. And he also has a passion about paying it forward and making sure that he can bring other people up, which I think is cool. So, you know, who, what kinds of problems would people be having that they should call you? Um, I do a couple main things. The first one is consulting services. So anytime a company is maybe between CIOs, so a CIO resigns, retires, or for whatever reason have left the company, and they have a gap in their IT leadership, would love to be able to get a call from them, fill in, be an interim CIO, uh, keep the lights on, uh, provide the leadership to the IT team and the strategy to the executive team, and also help them to... um, do their onboarding and, and search for a new CIO, help, right. help So you can actually consult with them. They can, you can really look at their, who are the candidates, different aptitudes, and really gauge who would be the best fit for that job based Absolutely. on the problems that they're trying to solve. Absolutely. Which for them is going to be a really scary thing because, like you said, it's, it's an executive team that don't really know those fine points that are within tech that only someone with experience would have. So having you there to kind of guide through that process must be really important. And normally the people that are doing the hiring, the CEOs and the CFOs, uh, they're not technical. Uh, they exactly. may understand some of the technical issues, but being able to drill down into the skill set of candidates uh, is, a, is a special skill set. Right. And that's what I find really interesting about the articles that you've been writing for Made in PA is that a lot of what you're writing about is talking about how to, as you, as you talk about how as, as a CIO is part of that executive team, like you're walking both those lines, but you're able to communicate at the executive level, but also be very much on the technical level. So you're, you're almost like a translator to a certain degree on both sides, where you got to let, let the tech people know there's certain budgetary constraints. you got to let the, the well, upper-ups you know, know that there's certain technology requirements that they want to actually execute in their goals, that they got to do this. So you're, you're kind of translating back and forth between the teams while making sure that the systems are up at the same time. So it seems like, man, there's a lot going on. Well, I think what you probably bring to the table is understanding what that um, – what the value is of not just being a cost center, but actually being additive to the business themselves. That's true. That's uh, moving up the IT maturity model Mm -hmm. is is transforming a team from being a help desk request uh, provider. Problem solver. To being a strategic partner with the business. And it, it, it makes sense to me that the IT team should be bringing changes to the executive team, not just answering questions. Right. We know the systems. We know we know how they're used. We know the users. Uh, we see better ways of doing things. We have we have a, a right, I believe, to and and uh, the uh, and so, the motivation. We should be bringing improvement but requests to, also, the, to the users. You, you probably can help smaller companies, too. Right. The smaller companies, ones that are just starting to get their feet and understanding that they need to scale and they need some infrastructure support. Because sometimes the these small set, companies right. get bombarded with all these people that are coming at them. Do this, do that, you should do this. 
position yourself for X, Y, and Z. It gets confusing. Oh, absolutely. The small companies have the exact same requirements for technology that a large company does. Unfortunately, they don't have the uh, the financial assets, and, and, and um, they really can't justify a full-time CIO. Right. And a lot of what I do is provide part-time CIO services if they need someone once oh, a month, cool. once a week, once a year, once a quarter, whatever it is. Come in there. And- they still have the same issues. They have to build yeah. budgets. They have to be strategic. They have to partner with the executive teams of their company to to do the things they need to do to support the the mission of the company. Sure. So we're talking to John Miller from Real CIO Consulting. So, so glad to have you here talking about Do you have a website? Things. Yeah, what's your website? I do. It's uh, www.real-cio.com. Just that simple? I like it. That simple. And on that site, obviously, you probably have a lot of thought leadership going on there and ways to connect in with you. Like I'm thinking, hey, I might need you for a few hours a month in order to keep myself straight. You can do that. Like I tell our listeners, don't be afraid to reach out to our guests because they can really help you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. Part of part of why I created Real CIO was to pay IT forward yeah, and, and to give back. And one of the other things I do is I do a lot of mentoring. Okay, tell and us about that. I mentor... I mentor college graduates that want to start their IT career. Aha. You and, scare any of them off and say, I'm and not going to do it. And to say, <laughs> and deciding, you know, do you want to really get into IT? Do you yeah. want to be in the hardware side? Do you want to be in the development side? Gotcha. Do you want to be in the security side? Data analytics is huge. Yep. Uh, where do you want to start? Where do you want to grow your career? Um, the other thing is there are a lot of people that are in the career that need that need some guidance on helping them grow. Yeah, uh, need, A lot of companies have mentoring programs, but it's really more how to how to get through the political issues right. in your company. Uh, there's no one really set up to help someone grow their career and to help them make their next step. Because you've been there, done that. You've got 42 years' experience doing this. That is phenomenal. You, you keep saying that, Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. you need to stop saying that. I'm just saying, that's to me, that is impressive. Because, I mean, there's not too many folks that you know, can say that. Like, so like, you grew up on doing what? Let's see. COBOL? Uh, starting as a COBOL and Fortran programmer. Fortran programmer. Okay. Uh, went into uh, the cards, right? It, with with uh, eighty column cards uh, in 1981 when the IBM PC was invented. Uh, I was assigned to support IBM PCs for our executive team. So I've been working with with PCs since wow. 81. That's so cool. Um, got into business analytics and and um, or, did you ever program like other new programs like Visual Basic and. I've no. I was out of programming by then. Okay. Uh, most of most of what I did was on was transactional on right. mainframes and COBOL. Right, that's cool. Love it. So I'm going to tell our listeners: please reach out to John. You have an idea. You need help. You need just some direction. You know, he's there to to go to real hyphen ceo cio dot com. Correct. And check you out. So John Miller, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Audrey. It was like a whole show of. PTC Tech Vibe Radio friends stopping on by. I absolutely love it. And you reminded us because CIO of the Year is happening on March the 21st this year, and we're just now in the end stages of uh, nominations this year. So if you're out there, you know a good CIO, have a client or someone you work with that's a fantastic CIO or CISO, nominate them. Go to pghtech.org. And you don't have to be a technologist to be able to recommend someone. Exactly. Exactly. So, John, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, John. Absolutely. Another Tech Vibe Radio Under the Belt. So glad you tuned in with us tonight. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Once again, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and hit us on Twitter at pghtech. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.